So this is the second lecture, in seventh lecture in our series on God's glorious salvation. Um, this morning we're going to begin opening up uh, a discussion of the so-called doctrines of grace. Um, uh, we're, we're, and we're still, we're still exploring, um, uh, does, does man have a role in our salvation? And I want to answer um, this question over the next couple of uh, times together. How bad is man? What kind of help does he need? Does, does, does man need a step stool or does he need a pulse? Yeah, <laughs> um, I have referred to the state of theology 2022 before in a couple of my messages that came out this last fall. It was a survey um, largely uh, uh, commissioned by uh, Ligonier Fellowship. And they, uh, they, they pulled more than 3,000 uh, U.S. Um, adults, um, about 25% of which were evangelicals. One of the questions that they asked, I wrote here on the board, Every, everyone, that should be everyone, is born innocent in the eyes of God. And so they asked the respondents, do you agree with that statement? Do you, do, do you strongly agree with that statement? somewhat agree with that statement, somewhat disagree with that statement, or, or strongly disagree with that statement. And um, among the general population, 71% agreed. 71% agreed, and 21% disagreed. Now of um, this is probably in your way. Uh, now of the evangelicals, let me get a different color here. Sixty-five percent agreed. And thirty-five percent disagreed. Now from our study so far, particularly when we um, explored Augustinianism, well, that, that, that triumvirate um, back in the 4th uh, and 5th century, uh, Augustine, Pelagius, and uh, John Cassian. Um, what, what does this tell you? What does this tell you uh, about um, evangelicals? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> In terms of those 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 guys, um, Pelagianism, semi-Pelagianism, Augustinianism, wh where do where are the the bulk of evangelicals finding themselves right now? They're saying yes. This is a true statement. Everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. Who who would say that? Would Pelagius say that? Would semi-Pelagians say that? Would 
evangelicals? What, what would Augustinians say back? Excellent, excellent. That's that's true. Okay, so so Pelagius said that every person born is born innocent, just like Adam was. And they have the power, they have the ability, they have everything necessary to obey the will of God. So they don't need grace. Grace is really nice, don't get me wrong. But you don't need grace. You just need a good moral example. Jesus is that good moral example for the Pelagian. So um, if, if a person is born innocent, they can choose what is right or they can choose what is wrong. It's all up to you. This is, a, this is a, um, an example of what we call, of what we, we begin uh, this series talking about, autosoterism. Self-salvation. It's all up to you. Now the semi-Pelagians semi, uh, and the Arminians fit into this as well. They will argue, no, a man is not born innocent. However, because of God's prevenient grace, um, uh, meaning God's anticipatory grace, God gives grace to all men, remediating the problem of the fall, so that, in effect, we are born innocent. So there is an acknowledgement that, yes, sin has uh, affected us, tremendously affected us, uh, but because of God's prevenient grace, um, we have been brought out of the, the depths of our sin to place of innocence so that we we can respond positively if we so choose. The Augustinian says, no, man is born dead. You are not just innocent. You are in sin. So this is what we're going to explore for the next couple of uh, times together. We find it wrapped up in the so-called doctrine of original sin. Now, um, when we are talking about uh, this particular doctrine, um, we are not referring to the first sin, the original sin of Adam and Eve, we are referring to the effects, the consequences of that original sin for Adam and Eve and their posterity. Many will assert that man is basically good, but our experience tells us That we're not. <laughs> we, we are um, individually and as a society corrupt to the core. I mean, it's not a, it's not a big surprise that uh, uh, politicians, doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, uh, are, are going to um, rule, 
legislate, uh, make declarations that are self-serving, that are, you know, looking out for number one. Well, um, nobody uh, will deny what, what theologians call um, uh, civil virtue. So, so when, we, when we talk about the depravity of man, we are not denying that there are those individuals who can help an old lady across the street. We're not denying that a mom might uh, sacrifice tremendously for the sake of her children. Um, we're, uh, we're, we're not denying that a person um, that finds a, a, a somebody else's wallet will, will not try to um, find that person and give them back their identity and their money and their wallet and all that kind of stuff. We're, we're, not, we're not saying that those things don't exist or that they are inherently bad. No, those are good things. Uh, what, when we talk about the doctrine of original sin, uh, when we talk about the depravity of mankind. We're, we're, we're saying that sin is a systemic problem. It affects all of who we are. Now, we, we were made in the image of God, and God said that his creation of mankind was very good. Everything else was good, but mankind, very good. We, we, we share... Um, uh, having been given a mind and a heart, a will, we, we share with God uh, abilities that uh, the, the, the plant and the animal kingdom can never experience. Those things have not been destroyed in the fall, but they have been compromised. Uh, now the animal world, for example, has a body, and we have a body, and all of us have uh, experienced and are experiencing a degradation of our physical body. I can't do what I did when I was 30 years old, and neither can you. Um, that's a, 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 an expression of that. Um, I still have a heart. I still have feelings. I still have an emotional component but it's been soured, it's been poisoned, it's been tainted. Similarly with my mind. And all of us, as we grow older, we, we, we can't remember what we used to remember. And that, that is an expression of, of that aspect of my life being tainted, being stained, being poisoned. Similarly with my will. Even Augustine was one who said, we have a free will. Oh, a free in what sense? Well, over the next couple of uh, times together, we're going to explore that. Um, but every, every aspect of life has been stained and tainted because of sin. It all goes back to this doctrine of original sin. So we're going we're to look this morning heavily at what the scriptures teach, because that's where we have to go. We're not interested necessarily in the philosophical machinations of, a, of an Augustine or a Jonathan Edwards or whoever. Those guys might help us 
to be sure, and they do. Um, but but uh, ultimately, our our uh, our information must come from the scriptures. But let me give you some some um, uh, categories to to work with, and I put some spots in your notes so that you could could um, um, make sense of this. We're, we're looking at the nature of mankind pre-fall, post-fall, and in heaven. Now these are, these are categories that, that Augustine used. He says, as a, a pre-fall, before Adam and Eve rebelled against God, they had the ability to not sin. And they had the ability to sin. This is that statement that says everyone is born innocent before God. Where we started this morning. That was Adam and Eve's experience. They were innocent and they could go Above the line or below the line? They could not sin. They could sin. They had that ability. Well, in keeping with this, um, they had the ability to die and the ability to not die. So, if they had the ability to sin, they had the ability to die. If they had the ability to not sin, they had the ability also, correspondingly, to not die. And it was up to them. There was that state of innocence. Now, after the fall, things changed. And... The, the, the chief verses that we're going to look at in Romans chapter 5 is where Augustine got his information here. Uh, he just packaged it in, in, in a helpful, memorable way. Um, with regard to um, sin, after the fall, Adam and Eve had a change of nature whereby they did um, not, this, and this is, this is Augustinian language, he uses a double negative here, they did not have the ability to not sin. They did not have the ability to not sin. That is, um, they could only sin. What we're going to look at here is that their will was bound. Augustine said, you still have a free will, but it's bound, it's restricted, so that your, your set of options here is, is, um, is limited, and you have to stay within that framework of what you have. You're free only to, to, to 
move around in um, this part of the pool. That's all you've got. Okay, when we get to heaven, oh, oh here, let me, let me finish this part. So, so, so correspondingly, we did not have um, the, ability, or the ability to ability to not die. Or positive to say to get rid of all the double negatives here. Um, it, that means that you are you are bound to sin and you are bound to die. Okay, so the, this corresponds directly with that. Now, just for the sake of completing the, the picture, this is leaning, isn't it? Uh, probably is going to collapse on me. So, so um, uh, to. Oh, yes, you bet. When you say not ability to not sin, is that just like in general? Because there are times when we choose not to, but we still are sinners. Right. What do you mean when you're saying that? I'm saying that any choice, every choice that you make is going to be stained with sin to a degree. And now, now there still may be, like I said before, there still may be these, uh, these, these, it's really leaning, isn't it? Um, uh, it's, uh, it's going to come down. Oh, okay, let me, let me. so it doesn't collapse. So when we get to heaven, um, you know, I, I, you, you could, on your notes, change this to inability. That, that, that would be a better, better way to put that. An inability to sin. <laughs> Thank you, my engineer friend. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, okay, when we get to heaven, we will not have the ability to sin. You will not be able to sin. It's not going to be an option. It won't be a part of your nature. You can't. All right. And correspondingly, I'm not going to take the time to read it, correspondingly, you will have an inability to die. All right? Now, Augustine gets this from uh, from Romans chapter 5. We're going to spend some time here this morning. I invite you to turn with me to Romans chapter 5. It's from uh, this set of verses that we get the maxim. Um, uh, we, we are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. So the, 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 the reality here, as, uh, as Paul lays it out here, is that at conception, I am marked a sinner. I am not born innocent. Again, we're, 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 we're going off what, what Scripture says, not what we would like to be true. We're going off what, uh, what, what Paul's left for us. 
Romans chapter 12, I'm sorry, verse, chapter 5, verse 12. Let me read through verse 19, and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll look, at, um, look at it piece by piece. But the free gift, nope, nope, that's verse 15. Let's start in verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the transgression. For if, by the transgression of the one, the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to the many. The gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For on the one hand, the judgment arose from one transgression resulting in condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions resulting in justification. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. So then, as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so, through the one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. For as through the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, even so, through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. Now this is a this is a, a, a difficult section to wrap our mind around. But you'll notice that there's a comparison here between um, those who are, quote-unquote, in Adam and those who are, quote-unquote, in Christ. And there is a, uh, this, this, this constant back and forth in this, in this, uh, in this passage. Uh, those who are in Adam and those that are in Christ. Uh, verse 12 begins. Just as through one man sin entered into the world, here we're talking about Adam here, and death through sin, because of Adam's sin, death came into the world, so death spread to all men because of sin. Now that phrase, because of sin, is uh, explanatory, but it's kind of fuzzy, honestly. It doesn't tell us everything that we would like to know about um, uh, death spreading to all men. Does Paul mean, when he says, 
Um, death spread to all men because all sin. Is Paul saying that each person dies because they sin? In other words, are you a sinner because you sin? Or is he saying that death spread to all men because all have sinned in that they are in Adam, in air quotes. That is, the, the, uh, the, 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 the seed of Adam brings about the entire human race and because we are in Adam's line, uh, in his seed, if you will, um, we all are made sinners. Which is he saying? Well, it, just by this verse alone, he doesn't, which is why we need the rest of the words here. Listen, listen to this statement by, by Charles Hodge uh, in response to this, uh, this, this section. He says, one thing is clear. Adam was the cause of sin in a sense analogous to that in which Christ is the cause of righteousness. He's giving us a summary statement of this passage and he says, um, just as we see uh, sin and death coming into the world because of Adam, so we find righteousness and justification coming into the world because of Christ. So there's, there's these, these two persons that are um, represented in this, in this section, Adam and Christ. Um, in, in, in the one, there is death that comes into the world. In the other, there is life. In um, on, on the one hand, Adam brings sin into the world. On the other hand, Christ brings righteousness into the world. And in just a few minutes, we're, we're going we're to talk about um, the, uh, the imputation that is a part of this process. Look at verse 15 with me. Um, the free gift is not like the transgression if by the transgression of the one, the many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to the many. So he, he's saying with, with Adam, um, many died. And, 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 all the, and, and death, of course, comes because of sin. He's, he's explaining what he, what he says at the end of verse 12, because all sinned. Many died. Okay, in, 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 uh, in a parallel fashion, the many that he refers to in verse 15 also, uh, the many are uh, given the gift of grace through the one man Christ. So you have the one man Adam who sinned, brought sin into the world, 
brought death into the world. And then you have Christ, who brought righteousness into the world. And, and, uh, and, the, and the gift of grace. The many in Adam, the many in Christ, each receive what their head brings. Bringing death, bringing sin, or on the other hand, bringing life and righteousness. Verse um, 16. Uh, The gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for on the one hand the judgment arose from the one transgression resulting in condemnation, but on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions resulting in justification. So we find this, this parallel between those who are in Adam, they are condemned, and those who are in Christ, they are the justified. Uh, Verse 18. Um, So then as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so through the act of righteousness there resulted justification of life to all men. So previously he he talked about the many in Adam and the many in Christ, and now he's talking about um, uh, all men in Adam and all men in Christ. And those who are in Adam uh, receive condemnation, they receive judgment, uh, they receive death because of sin, and in Christ they receive life, they receive justification, uh, they receive uh, the uh, forgiveness of uh, found in God's grace. Um, l- listen to the words of, of um, uh, Reformed theolog- uh, theologian A.A. Hodge. He says, Paul here proves that the guilt of Adam's sin is imputed to us by the unquestionable fact that the penalty of the law which Adam broke has been afflicted on all. So in verse 19, we take away from here um, that all are born sinners. We're not born innocent. Look at that verse again. For as through the many, I'm sorry, for as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, even so through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. Um, so, so here, here's a couple of objections that come forward. Um, Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20, to the best of my recollection, says that um, God's going to just, oh, let's just read it. Forget about my faulty recollection. Ezekiel 18. Verse 20. It's also in verse 4, but verse 20 says a little bit more. Ezekiel 18.20, the person who sins will die. 
The son will not bear the punishment for his father's iniquity, nor will the father bear the punishment for the son's iniquity. The righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked will be upon himself. Well, wait a minute. This says that the person who sins is going to die. It's a direct quote. How, how can we be held responsible for something Adam did? Aren't these two verses, Romans 5, Ezekiel 18, contradicting each other? No, they're complementary. Because Ezekiel is talking about my personal sin. Romans 5 is talking about something far greater. It's talking about my nature. I am a sinner by nature. At conception, I am a sinner. We find a parallel to Romans 5 in uh, Psalm 51. Psalm 51, verse 5, David writes, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. It doesn't mean that his mom was a floozy and got knocked up by somebody other than her husband. No. Uh, he, he, is, he is stating the very same thing that we were talking about here in Romans chapter 5. In, um, in, in sin, we are conceived and we are born. It is a part of our nature. This is, this is something that God has imputed to us. Let's talk about this word for just a second. Imputation. To impute something, it's a, it's a uh, uh, w- word borrowed from the, uh, uh, from the world of accounting. Um, to impute something is to credit somebody's account. Um, there are three types of, or, or three aspects of imputation that we find in the scriptures. And the first one we find is, um, is in book of Genesis, revealed to us in uh, Romans chapter 5 that we've been looking at, um, where the, the sin, the consequences of sin, are imputed to all of Adam's progeny. Every human being ever conceived, they don't have to be born. They can die in the womb. They are, they are reckoned by God as a sinner. That sin of Adam is imputed to them. Now Paul's point here in, in Romans chapter 5 um, is as Adam's sin is imputed to all of mankind, Christ's righteousness, here's the second 
aspect of imputation we find in the scripture. Um, Christ's righteousness is imputed to those for whom he dies. He, he, uh, we who believe have imputed to us Christ's righteousness. Now the other aspect of, of, of imputation that we find in scripture is, is that our sin is imputed to Christ. So, so, so a person might, might ask, well, wait a minute, that's, that's, that's not fair. That's not fair that I am suffering for something that Adam did so many generations ago. Well, again, um, we're not talking about uh, individual acts of sin. We're talking about a nature that has been given to us. And that is something that has been decreed by God. Uh, we find it revealed to us in pages of Scripture, like uh, Psalm fifty-one, Romans chapter five, and 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 we have we have to bend our will around what Scripture tells us, not what we think ought to be. So. Um, we uh, we say okay if 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 God has has granted that decreed that Adam's sin would consequently affect all of us such that we die. Um, we, we we find the parallel of Christ's righteousness being imputed to those who believe. Well, that's not fair either. It's not fair that our sin is imputed to Christ, nor that his righteousness and all that comes with it, including heaven, is given to us as a gift? What? That doesn't make sense either. No, but, but the two are parallel. And, and that's Paul's point here in Romans 5, is just as we are in Adam and his sin, the consequences of that sin, are imputed to us in the same parallel kind of way the righteousness of Christ by which we are justified is imputed to us credited to our account we don't do anything for it it's, it is a gift of God's grace so here I, I, I wrote this down in, in my notes, this is my language, um, to, to help crystallize what, what, what we're saying so far. If death results only because of personal sin, comma, then justification results only because of personal righteousness. Write that down. Let me start it again. If death results, if death results only because of personal sin, if death results only because of personal sin, comma, then justification results only because of personal righteousness. 
then justification results only because of personal righteousness. So if I'm saying, in agreement with that statement from uh, the State of Theology 2022, that everyone is, is um, how does it say? Everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. Um, if I agree with that, then not, not only am I, am I swallowing the Pelagian heresy hook, line, and sinker, um, but, but I have to earn my way out of bad choices that I make. Yes, death has been imputed to me. It's the consequence of Adam's sin. But life is also imputed to us through Christ um, by his grace through faith. If death results only because of personal sin, then justification results only because of personal righteousness. Now this opens us up to a, a broader discussion of of, um, of uh, uh, total depravity, and we, we are we are beginning uh, a, a study of uh, what what has infamously or famously been been called uh, the tulip. You you will remember that the um, the remonstrants, the students of James Arminius. Um, filed a petition with the state church, uh, the, the Church of, of, of Holland. And, and, they, and they said, uh, we, we want protection because our views are different. And they said, these are the five things we're, we're, we're troubled with. You can go back in your past notes. I, I, I wrote those down for you. And, and we will come back and we'll look at those. Um, one of them, and the key one, has to do with the nature of mankind. Um, how, how bad is man, really? Does he just need a step stool? Or does he need a pulse? Does he have a heart that's made of stone that won't beat at all? Does, does that need to be taken out? And does God need to replace it with something else so that it will beat? Or do we just need a little help um, a little extra from from God to to um, to obey and to, to to fulfill his his desires and and demands that he places on on our life. How 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 corrupt are we? Well, the first the first one that we'll we'll look at here is is uh, um, has been called total depravity. I think a better phrase is uh, radical corruption. And we will explore that um, lar largely next, next time. Um, uh, this, 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 this doctrine says, uh, as a result of original sin that affects all of mankind, everything in our life, my body, my mind, my will, uh, my emotions, Everything is stained with sin. 
Is it as bad as it could be? No. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, as R.C. Sproul was, was known to say, uh, e even, even Hitler uh, loved his mother and didn't kill her. So, um, uh, so we're not as bad off as we could be, but everything has been stained with sin in, in, in some way. Um, mankind does not possess an island of righteousness. We, we are not born innocent. We are sinners from conception. And according to our nature, we, 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 we do what is natural. We sin. All right. So I'm going to stop at this point and give you opportunity to ask questions um,